Hey, what is up? Welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. This is episode 204, ladies and gentlemen, 204, and we are interviewing Tim Held, the co-owner of the Indianapolis Alley Cats. The Alley Cats play in the Midwest Division of the American Ultimate Disc League, and as you know, we have been interviewing a ton of AUDL influencers, so I've made a unique page on the website, goingdeepwithaaron.com slash AUDL, to check out all of our previous episodes including 2016 championship owners Jim Garantzer, Ivy and Young Byun of the Dallas Roughnecks. Commissioner Steve Gordon has been on twice, in addition to a ton of other influencers, owners, movers, and shakers across the sport. You're not going to want to miss those or any of our forthcoming episodes, so make sure you are subscribed and prepared. But in today's conversation, Tim is one of the original owners. In fact, there are only two AUDL owners who have been with the league since its inception and are still running their franchises today. Tim has been through the ringer, seen it all, and has a very interesting perspective to share on his time in the league and how things have developed. So learned a lot and really had a fun time conversing with Tim. So check out my conversation with Tim Held. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Okay, so Tim, welcome to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thank you for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Aaron. Uh, so I want to start off, you are one of the original owners in the American Ultimate Disc League. You've been there since day one, the first season, um, and I'm curious to get a little bit more of the background on your end. Uh, both how you first heard of the AUDL, how you first came across the professional league, uh, and, and a little bit if you, if you had a background in Ultimate beforehand or what your background was that led you to buying a franchise. Sure. <clears throat> Started in 2010, I believe. Um, I was actually in the job market in the sporting goods industry, um, kind of browsing the market for potential jobs, and I had found a job posting about a professional league and intrigued me. Um, I responded to the ad and um, originally spoke with Josh Moore, um, league founder, of course. And um, at the time, um, Josh was looking for somebody to own South Bend, Indiana, which is the general area where I'm from. And um, I just really wasn't interested. I just didn't feel like the market was big enough. I said, but, you know, I could be interested in Indianapolis. He said, well, at the moment he had someone lined up, but if it fell through, then he'd let me know um, that became available. Um, we also talked about Chicago market, but uh, he wasn't ready to expand into Chicago yet. He wanted to keep it uh, more to the East Coast to start. So Indianapolis would have been the furthest West location, I suppose. So that's kind of how it started on my end. I I was interested, but uh, my city of choice wasn't available. He told me about Ultimate, and I had this uh, light bulb come on and kind of said, oh, yes, I remember Ultimate. I played one year in high school, but absolutely 100% forgot about the sport for 30 years. Just totally forgot about it. At the same time, I had a gentleman approach me about owning a minor league basketball team out of Northwest Indiana, so I'd consider doing that at the same time. And I just kept coming back to Ultimate, and I, I kept, I was so intrigued by it because I thought, I'm going to own a professional team, 
I want to own a team that's the best athletes in their sport. And if you do minor league basketball, that's not going to ever be the case. Um, so I kept thinking about ultimate. And to a man, every one of my friends says, I do the basketball. So I said, well, I think that's why I know I'm going ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it started. So can you give me a little bit more of your background? So you were being approached for different sports franchises. Did you have a background in, in business or how um, how are you funding these or how would you potentially fund these franchises? At the time, I owned um, sporting goods stores. So I, I, I just had a lot of connections in the sport industry and just met a lot of people around sports. I knew I was looking for something different than what I was doing and uh I think it was more I, um, chance that two people approached me at the same time, one ultimate and one basketball. It, it was just, you know, kind of ironic. So ended up that I'm guessing the Indiana, original Indianapolis owner fell through or something, and you ended up taking over that franchise, uh, running the Alley Cats. Can you take us back to that first season? We, we, we interviewed Josh, and he was talking about how many uh, different hats he had to wear and all the different logistics that had to be kind of figured out on the fly. As a first-year owner, what was that experience like from the kind of logistics and administration side of putting a team together and finding a venue and all that stuff? Sure. In the meantime, after Josh had contacted me and said, hey, Indianapolis did become available, I called my brother real quick and I said, Tom, I said, you know, look at this opportunity. He lived in Indianapolis. You know, I live two and a half, three hours from Indianapolis. I just needed more feet on the ground. I said, you want to go into business with me and do this? So Tom, after a little prodding, did that. So Tom actually was more involved the first year than I was because he lived in Indianapolis. Um, so he was making contacts. I went to the first owner's meeting in April 2011 in Pittsburgh, actually. And um, I heard about this thing called Poultry Days, this ultimate tournament. And somebody said I should go there to look for players. I, I realize now maybe that wasn't the greatest advice, but it got us started. So we go to Poultry Days and show up and we're just – Let's look for guys from Indiana. Let's start making contact and calling people and, you know, fell upon some people that were well-known in the Indianapolis Ultimate Community, which is quite small, actually, compared to many of the cities now. But um, it led us to Jared Payne, uh, led us to uh, Keenan Blue, and uh, just kind of got us started. We found a coach, and uh, off we went. Yeah, I think I've actually played against Keenan at, at Poultry Days. And it's funny, we interviewed Andrew Gardner of the Thunderbirds. and It was a similar story where one of the first touch points the Thunderbirds had uh, with the Ultimate Community was at Mars, which is uh, a Pittsburgh-based tournament, very similar in um, in style to Poultry Days. Sure. So it, it, it's funny how that kind of kind of opposite ends of the spectrum of, you know, you, you've got the professional teams uh kind of making their touch point at the rowdier party tournaments of the right uh, it's kind of funny yeah, i would never recommend people doing it the way we did it trust me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's part of the learning and, and tinkering process and sure. figuring out the best processes so a as the seasons have gone by you know we're entering the sixth season of the audl 
and there has been safe to say a lot of turnover so from the uh, i believe it's original eight franchises uh yours and detroit are the only original ones remaining if, if i'm correct correct yes so what has what from from someone who's kind of been around for a while and seeing the changing in ownership, all the new divisions expand. What did that look like? Maybe, maybe from season one to season two, we can start um, in terms of where where Indianapolis has sat within the greater context of the AUDL and uh, what you've what you've observed or or participated in as the league has evolved. Sure. First of all, if I would have known it would have been this hard, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I I probably went in and thought I would be given more guidance. I didn't know I was going to sit there and help create roles um, that would change the game to fit professional style. I, I just thought, I mean, I knew I wasn't buying a McDonald's franchise where everything's laid out for you, but I thought I was getting a little more direction and didn't have to do everything ourselves. Um, unfortunately, we had a lot of owners going a lot of different directions. Um, <clears throat> we had a fast start, so that helped us. But overall, you know, I'm I'm not a quitter. Um, <clears throat> I saw the positive things. I, I I still believe in the league today. We're far stronger as a league. The owners are far stronger. Yeah, but we still have a ways to go. But we're making great progress. Um, we have great leadership, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm here right now, having this conversation with you. And I didn't give up because I'm excited about the coming season and uh, many more. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. You know, given your experience now, and, and you referenced, if I'd known how hard it was going to be, I might you might not have done it. I, in previous interviews on this show, not just in the AUDL, actually mo- more often in other arenas of different entrepreneurs, they, I've heard a similar thing. And one, the other thing that's true is that once you've done it, you can really have some perspective for people who are about to do it. So I know there's there's not um, as many new franchises this season, but in general, when you speak with a new owner, or let's say you know a new owner uh, just happens to pop up now and is going to be doing their first season here in 2017, uh, what type of advice or guidance would you give them or lessons you've learned that you think could maybe save them some time and help them uh, launch their show a little bit more effectively? Yeah, so very tough question because what I've learned is every city is different. I mean, that's that's one thing I definitely learned. Every um, situation is different. But certainly have a clear game plan, where you want to go, how you want to spend your resources. I could tell people what worked well for us and what didn't, and the didn't column is probably a lot bigger. But again, you just kind of have to – not give up, keep trying new things. I mean, I feel like our game day production keeps getting better every year. My fear the first game was, you know, look up in the stands and see my two daughters and my mom and there'd be three people watching, you know. Um, we had over a 1,000 people our first game. But that game is similar to my first day I was in the sporting goods industry where, you know, I have pictures from that day and I think to myself, people came back. I mean, you know, from where it started to where it went was just – you know, crazy difference. And I, I think it's the same with this. We keep getting better. We have hurdles that 
you know, stadium hurdles that are a little bit harder in some cities. So, you know, sometimes I'm jealous. Somebody's got a venue that can serve alcohol. We don't. Um, but, you know, it makes you work harder. Everything makes me work harder, you know, um, in, in every aspect. You know, when you're in business, you know, you don't want to fail. Uh, you you want to put out the best product. I joke with <clears throat> Josh Fairbanks. He's a uh, guy like my right-hand man, does everything with for me. And we're driving back from games, and I said, I don't know why I just didn't invest in the theater. You leave the theater, and everybody did good. You know, I mean, you know, the play came off perfect. Everybody's happy. And we're coming back from a one-point loss or something, and you're just, what can I do to do better? You know, so you know, you you stay motivated. You always stay motivated. Uh, you, you referenced, you know, that there's plenty of things that didn't work out, and then some things that did. Is there anything in particular, a strategy, a tactic, a, a marketing? plan that you've found was particularly effective or had had real good positive outcomes? Well, I think we're kind of in the midst of it now, and we are really focused on group sales, getting groups to the game, youth groups, um, scout groups, um, ultimate teams, just trying to reach out to groups. That is a total focus. Uh, we started last year and doing more this year. That seems to be really good. Um, it's hard to market to a big city. I mean, it's just difficult. Um, the resources are limited. How do you get the word out? Um, so for us, it's definitely a focus on groups. Gotcha. Are there any owners or friends within the league? Like, so we've, we've interviewed uh, Jean-Levy Champagne of the Montreal Royale, and he is close with the Lloyds who they're, they're all owning the Canadian franchises. Is there an owner or anyone outside of the Indianapolis franchise that you spitball ideas with or kind of share intel? It's it's because that's the curious thing with the business model is unlike the MLU, which recently folded, um, there's no kind of central organization. Like you said, there's a lot falls on the owners, but this still seems like a, a rising tide is going to lift all boats. So if someone finds something that works or you kind of have ideas you want to spitball, is there a, a mechanism to do that or a person that you generally go to for that type of stuff? Well, I talk most to Steve Gordon. He's um, owner of Chicago, also commissioner. So it's kind of funny because I grew up in his market. So I feel like I know Chicago better than Indianapolis, um, actually. <laughs> so kind of funny. But him and I have talked a lot over the last four years. Um, totally respect the man. I've, I think he feels the same way. We tell each other ideas all the time. Um, talked a little bit with Andrew. I enjoy Andrew a lot. A lot of respect for Andrew as well. So those probably those two are the guys that I've talked to the most. Gotcha. The other thing with these divisions, and this is the first, 2017 is going to be the first season of interdivisional play, but it's a lot of rotating around your division. Uh, the Midwest has obviously been around for a while, and uh, despite a couple new franchises coming in, um, there's a lot of the same matchups over the course of the last couple seasons. Um, and and if, if there's one truism in sports, it's, it's that familiarity is going to breed contempt. Um, so I'm curious if you... Uh, as a franchise, the Indianapolis Alley Cats identify a specific rival or a specific matchup that gets circled on the calendar. I, I know that you know it's the the other sporting phrase is you know one game at a time and all that other stuff. But is there any one that you mark the calendar for or that you you've seen has really uh, blossomed into a good rivalry? Probably Chicago. 
Um, seem to split every year. Uh, games are tough. We're similar in the standings. I have a lot of respect for the guys that they've had over the years. Some of our players have gone to play there. So, and again, it gets close to my hometown. So, uh, probably Chicago for sure. I mean, I'd like to think Madison because we've never beat them. I think we're 0 100 against them or something like that by now. Um, but I don't think they they look at us as much of a factor. So, I would definitely say Chicago. Cool. Well, don't have too many more questions for here for you, Tim. Uh, I was always like to wrap up when I talk with the owners, though, about their kind of forward outlook, you know, whether that's next 10 years, next five years. I talked earlier about not having uh, the quitting gene, which I, which I admire and, and resonates with me. As you look forward, not just for the 2017 season, but beyond that, uh, what are you most excited for? What are you most interested in developing or seeing um, accomplished, uh, specifically with your franchise, but perhaps the AU deal at large? Well, I think after being in this for a while, you realize that to have a big dream, you've got to do small things first, and those things take time. So as the league has grown, the owners are so much more talented than the first bunch. Nothing against any of the guys I started with. Um, all great guys, but I just feel like you know, we've got such a good group of guys. Um, it seems like we have a shared vision. We understand that you know, we have to grow the youth population of Ultimate. That's where the future is. I think across the league, you'll see everybody working with, you know, kids, elementary school and up, building Ultimate in Indianapolis, working with Indiana Ultimate Foundation. Um, they have an initiative to spread the sport of Ultimate and its culture, the values, and we just are supporting them. Um, and that takes time. So, you know, keep our nose to the grindstone, keep doing what we're doing, keep trying to get better in the little things. And I believe deep inside of me that one year soon, I don't know what it is, but you'll see a big explosion in Ultimate, you know, across the country. I mean, it continues to grow, but I'm talking about a huge explosion. And I think when that happens, you know, everything changes for the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree that there's going to be some sort of cultural tipping point on the near horizon. And one of the one of the interesting things at the last championship weekend was Jean Levy talking about the Olympics in 2024 potentially being uh, that event. That seems that seems a way off, but I, I definitely continue to see the ground swell. And uh, the the other thing we talked about with Steve Gordon recently was a lot more of the video coming in house. And one of the last things I wanted to mention was just commend uh you on the live stream um and video coverage of your games i would say relative to a lot of the other uh teams out there i know that from from film watching uh for the thunderbirds that you you guys put on a pretty good production there i think that's another big key moving for moving forward is um getting that video out and accessible to as many eyeballs as possible so i wanted to commend you on that and uh, uh, real quick second here, Aaron, because Keith Shanahan and his Universe Point Productions has done a fun, fantastic job. I take no credit. These guys just come in with a vision. I talked to Heath about it beginning of last season. I said, Heath, but if you do it, we got to do it right. You know, we've done it in the past and we just need to be better. The consumer wants better. They want better production. He did a great job and he's going to be doing it for us again this year. So I take no credit. That is all Heath and his team. 
Awesome. Yeah, that it, it's, it's really a quality uh, show. And I think I've actually seen some of the earlier ones and seen that evolve too, which is, which is cool to witness and, and just another arena where the league and, and your franchise in particular continues to improve. Um, but this, this has been great, Tim. Thank you so much for sharing your time. Before we tell people where to connect with you and sign off, uh, is there anything I just didn't give you a chance to say today that you were hoping to? Um, it's been a pleasure sharing these thoughts. There's nothing that, uh, all that exciting. I don't think that we cut, did not cover the first year. Um, there was a lot of negative things, I suppose, but there were some positive too. So I get a little tired maybe of hearing how bad it was, how everything was unraveling, but, um, it's not always how some people remember. I lived it and there were a lot of great things that happened that year too. And, you know, Josh Moore had a vision for what the league could do, and uh, I know he's taken some heat, but uh, he's a great guy. He's done wonderful things, and uh, not everything that came out of that year is true. I I, I lived it, um, but other than that, I think we covered everything really good. Is there anything in particular that's perpetuated or mentioned that you feel like you'd like to refute or have maybe clarification on you hear people repeating and it's not necessarily um, accurate? I would probably, probably say that, you know, Philadelphia had a great team. They had a great year. They had a great owner, but it wasn't Philadelphia's league. Um, Other owners did great things. I believe, you know, I don't know if we have the data. I believe we led the league in attendance. It it just kind of, you know, he kind of left us. Um, I don't, blame him it wasn't a great situation but um they weren't heroes and everybody else losers that sometimes i get the feeling that that's how it's portrayed all of us have worked hard some of the teams that didn't make it to this point worked hard i think you know we're here today you know because you know i didn't give up i'm still not giving up probably the same feeling detroit has you know he keeps fighting he's got his own challenges I respect him for everything Brent's done for that franchise, for that city. But I don't think that ever gets mentioned. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Brent is uh, a forthcoming guest on the show as well. And I think it's it's very apparent from the fact that uh, the, the Indianapolis colors are still flying. And uh, we've got uh, a slate of games coming up in 2017 that will continue to uh, represent the city on the ultimate scene. So thank you for all the work that you're doing, Tim, uh, tip of the cap to your, your, your diligence and, uh, and focus with that. And, uh, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to follow along in 2017, what digital coordinates can they do that from? Sure. The alley cats are myalleycats.com. Um, follow us on Facebook. We have a pretty engaged Facebook, um, a lot of information going out there constantly. And then me personally at Tim period health at myalleycats.com. It's definitely been my pleasure, Aaron. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show, sharing your perspective with us, and best of luck in the 2017 season. We just went deep with Tim Held. Hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much to Tim for coming on the show. And once again, make sure you head over to goingdeepwithaaron.com slash join to sign up for our once monthly newsletter. We send out the best interviews from this show, other great podcasts, book recommendations, all sorts of other cool digital content delivered only once a month to your inbox. So I'm not going to be spamming you or overloading anything. 
with those emails, just quality content on the reg. Uh, but get excited for some of our forthcoming episodes. We've got another couple AUDL interviews, including James Park, co-owner of the LA Aviators, and Brent Steep, another original owner from the Detroit Mechanics. That and much, much more. So make sure you're subscribed to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.